This morning, the title of the sermon I have is called Remember Who You Are. Uh, sermon actually came to me a couple of months ago. Um, so I was kind of preparing a word of encouragement for a life group uh, that I run uh, out of our house. And we were getting ready to take a break, you know, over the busy summer months. And so I just kind of want to leave this encouragement um, with everyone since we wouldn't be meeting together, you know, to make sure, you know, encourage people to keep reading their Bibles and praying and looking for ways they can share God's love with the world around them. And um, I just think that fits well for us this morning as well as we're getting ready to head into summer, you know, like school's out, like this is the last week, uh, which is awesome. Uh, got some seniors too graduating high school, which was one of the happiest days of my life. <laughs> getting, I made it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Uh, graduating out of that. So anyway, uh, and as I was thinking of what to say, the word of encouragement to give, I was reminded of how when I was a teenager and I would leave the house, my mom would always say to me, hey, remember who you are. You know, I'd head off to school. Remember who you are. You know, she'd yell at me halfway across the house. Remember who you are as I'm leaving. And now, while I, I am pretty bad at remembering people's names, um, I don't think she thought I was going to forget my own name, you know. Um, and I really am quite bad at remembering people's names. Uh, I'm working on this and getting better, but I'm that guy who, you know, we all can have a tough time remembering people's names, like, ah, oh, you saw a guy, you should know his name. Um, that happens to me while I'm in the introductory conversation still. The guy has told me his name 15 to 20 seconds earlier, and I'm sitting there thinking, you got to be kidding me, Phil. He just told, you asked him his name, he told you his name, and now you forgot it. And now I'm just going thinking, like, what little phrase you're going to use to kind of get, you know, when you, you say goodbye. He says, hey, see you, Phil. It's nice to meet you. I'll say, yeah, bud, partner, brother, guy. You know, you kind of, like, think, like, okay, what kind of guy is this? Which one will work well for him? So, anyway, I am working on that, so don't feel the need to, for having a conversation to keep repeating your name every 15 to 20 seconds. Um, but anyway, so about people's names, it's not likely I'm going to forget my own name. It's not why my mom was saying, remember who you are, because um, it takes a real special kind of person to actually forget their own name, right? Um, and, and just because I forgot my name once, one time, okay, doesn't mean I do it all the time, and it, that really is a true story. Um, I was, there was actually a time in my life where I did live to dance. Um, whole nother sermon slash counseling, whatever that would be. But uh, I was auditioning for a performing arts group, and uh, my sister had, had actually been working with me. She's like uh, this mega ballet instructor, you know, whipping me into shape. And Yeah, it was ballet too, by the way, guys. Uh, <clears throat> I think, man, what kind of man would do that? Have you seen the guy-to-girl ratio in those things? The dance class? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You can make fun of me, and I'll just stand there and smile. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm auditioning for this thing and you know you do your little routine and then uh, and they have you do some stage stunts and some different you know kind of acting kind of things and some of it I, I felt comfortable with and some of it you know was kind of stretching me and you know they're trying to fill certain roles in, in their performance um, and this so one part they're going to do kind of like this impromptu interview kind of thing and, and it was really quite basic actually they just had all the performers stand up in a big line and there was there was tons of us probably lined up all the way across this and I was kind of in the middle and the uh, you know the, the panel there the producers and the people who were kind of 
director and stuff getting ready for the show. They're sitting in front of you, and they just said, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start at one end and work our way down, and we just want you to just, you know, tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. That's it. No big deal, right? So I kind of get excited because I think, okay, I can probably be a little maybe wittier than some of these people. I think I can come up with something kind of funny on the spot and kind of leave, leave a mark, you know, sound well-spoken. And uh, so I am, I mean, in my brain, I am in there and I am focusing and I'm creating this thing and it is, it's just genius. And while I'm in the middle of figuring this all out, all of a sudden they go, next. And time had elapsed and it had now come my turn to speak. And I was so focused, and you're kind of nervous and stuff like that, I kind of popped out, and I said, uh, yes, my name is, uh, my, my name is, yeah, sorry, it's not like an Eminem song, wiki, wiki, no, <laughs> for all you younger folks, <laughs> throw that one in there for you, um, and all of a sudden it dawns on me, it's just like horror and hilarious at the same time, I'm sitting there thinking, you cannot remember your name. And just a big smile comes across my face, and I start giggling, and I'm just like, everyone is staring at you. I had this genius, oh, I was going to be so funny, and this and that, and I'm just stuck. You know, it's like getting that, that, that test that you'd studied for, you know, all the answers, and question one, name. Uh, you know, you can't get past that. Finally... My brain, I don't know what my brain was doing. It left its wallet at home or something while it was focusing. I don't know. All of a sudden, Phil, Phil Gunger. Uh, and then who knows what I said after that. I'm sure the very witty uh, impression I was going to leave on everyone was quickly lost because this is the kind of guy we want, a guy who can't remember his own name. Um, it's horrifying. I can't believe that. Thank you for letting me share that. That was more of a uh, getting it off of my chest to you guys than I think any real benefit for you. But uh, anyway... I was saying, yes, my mom. So my mom would say, remember who you are. Maybe she should have actually really meant, no, seriously, Phil, remember who you are. Uh, Might have served me well. But what what she was trying to say is she was saying, hey, listen, remember that who you are. You're a follower of Christ. And as a follower of Christ, you live and you act differently to how the world lives. And that was genius. That's all she had to say was remember who you are. And you know what? When I started thinking about that, I started thinking, man, yeah, that's what I want to get across. To remember who you are, and it'll serve us well. And you know, it also got me thinking. It's um, if any of you ever had a, uh, a friend or a relative or someone join the Marines, and you kind of got to see them before the Marines, after the Marines, um, you know, kind of before boot camp, after. Um, well, there was this guy I went to high school with, and uh, he uh, he was a tall guy, you know, kind of a goofy guy, you know. And, Teenagers, when they're tall, can't really like control their bodies sometimes. They just kind of flop around, you know. Uh, he was just like that, just a real goofball of a guy, you know. <laughs> Always joking around, had the dumbest jokes. Um, he thought he was hilarious. But he was just this, kind of this goofball guy, and, and I didn't know he was going to join the Marines, but I, I ran into him yeah, after high school, it must have been eight or nine months, you know, after, and uh, saw him in a restaurant, and you looked, and you kind of knew who that was. But there was something different about him. I mean, yeah, his hair was cut and what have you, but all of a sudden now this kind of goofball of a guy, he stood up straight. You could hear him speaking to the people around him, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And I went and shook his hand and talked to him and just the whole time, just thinking like, dude, he's not the dude he was before. And the truth is, he wasn't. 
And that's because now he was a Marine. He was no longer the person he was before. He was now a part of the few and the proud. He no longer viewed the world through the eyes of a civilian, of the person that he used to be, but now he viewed the world through the eyes of a Marine and it affected the way that he viewed his life and the world around him. And see, the the same is true for us when we choose to follow Christ. We're no longer the same person that we were, but now we need to view our life and the world around us through the view of Christ. This means that we live and act differently. We work differently. We love differently. We parent differently. We treat our free time differently. We treat our finances differently. We no longer just look and act like the person that we were, but now we're being formed and transformed into the image of Christ. So just like the Marine, who before he was Marine was the goofball guy, you send him through boot camp and they turn him into a Marine, he was a different dude. And the way he acted around everyone around him, you could sense there was something different about him. And so that's what my mom was saying to me. Remember who you are. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be you know, drawn to do something that you don't want to do, but you've got, you got to remember who you are. And it was just that simple phrase was so great. And you know what? Paul, um, in Ephesians, he, he talks about this. He, he writes here to the church in Ephesus and he's saying to them he's saying guys remember who you are and he says it this way he says in uh, Ephesians 4 starting in verse 17 he says so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do the Gentiles are the you know non-Christian dudes in the futility of their thinking they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God they're they're They don't understand. They don't think like God thinks and act like he wants them to act. This is because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. So there are people who just, their feelings, you know, if if, if they're being tempted and drawn this way, if their sensuality inside of them wants to lust after this, they go for it. Why? Because... There's nothing in them that tells them not to. And he goes on to say in verse 20, he says, That, however, is not the way of life that you learned. He's talking to the church here. He says, When you heard about Christ and were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, the way you used to live, to put off that old self. You don't live that way anymore. Why? Because it's being corrupted by its deceitful desires. You need to be made new in the attitude of your mind. You've got to change the way that you think. And you need to put on a new self. Because that new self needs to be created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So here he's saying, guys, this is how you used to be. This is who you are now. Remember who you are. And then he goes on from there and he talks about, you know, uh, gives some advice in case, you know, you guys need to stop lying. You need to watch what comes out of your mouth. You need to uh, watch anger. You know, if you were stealing, you need to not steal anymore. He, he's, he's kind of going through some of these things of this is how you should live now. And, and, and for us, I think in this, 
our present day culture, obviously we all are aware that we're being attacked and you know, there's ways that the world thinks that we're not supposed to think. And I think the greatest illustration we have of this is in the, the, the arena of love and marriage. You know, and uh, it's tricky because love is, and marriage, it's such a, it's kind of an emotional deal, you know, so it's easy just to get caught up in this following your feelings and stuff. And the problem is what the world's definition of love, how God wants us to view love, is kind of two different things. And I, I actually, I, I wanted to go and grab a couple of definitions to try and figure out like, okay, what is, what is our culture saying the definition of love is? And so... As anyone who, you know, knows the internet knows, the greatest place to get some good information is going to Wikipedia. Uh, which if you don't know what Wikipedia is, it's basically an online encyclopedia that can be written by anyone. Just write whatever you want on there, and there it is. Um, so this, I, I grabbed some of the the, the better ones, um, and I want to read a couple here for you. It's this is basically people who went on there and they're writing their definition of love to share their wisdom with the world. Uh, so the first one here. It says, love means having strong feelings for someone that can be close friends, family, or even someone in a romantic relationship. Love is a strong feeling that represents affection towards someone dear to your heart. Aw, sweet. That's, you know, it's, it's a feeling. That's what their definition is here. And the next one. Now, this one is, this is, I think, the greatest one. Um, I'm assuming they're being poetic because it stops making sense quickly. Um, I'll read it to you as it's written. Uh, Love is real when it is found. It is free when it is grasped. Can you tell with a kiss? Love is the magic slash mutual in a kiss. So they lost me already. There is no magic in a kiss if there is no love slash mutual within it. Clearly, uh, a kiss with magic has no force, for love makes it gentle. There is no magic in just a lip kiss. Love has a different kiss. Some kisses are only stolen breaths. Breaths. <laughs> breaths is what I said. Trust me. If you heard anything else, that's between you and the Lord. <clears throat> if you need to ask, is this love? Is this love? Sorry, I was thinking of that song when I did this. That I'm feeling. It's just for you guys out there. Then uh, the answer is no. For when slash if it ever happens, you will know. So here's a poetic kind of description of love. You get lost quickly, but if you kind of look through there, you see them talk about it as this, this magical, this, this thing. It's, it's, it's hard to describe it, and, and it kind of if, slash, when, who, what, where, then you'll be like this, you know. It's, so it's this feeling. It's this magical, mystical thing, and, and there's one more, and this last one, you know, it's written by someone obviously a little bit smarter, um, because whenever they write the word you, they just write the letter you, you know, so they get that safe time here, you know, it's no reason to waste letters. Um, So being in love is the connection you have with someone and feeling the same way they do. You 
wouldn't have a problem fussing and fighting with them at times because, and then they actually wrote out the word you here, I don't know why, but uh, you love them. Maybe they had a couple extra minutes, extra time, they thought, no, I'll go ahead and type that one in there. So here, you wouldn't have a problem fussing and fighting with them at times because you love them. Yeah, that's it. No fussing and fighting if you love them. <laughs> What's sad is these are serious. These people are serious. This is their definition of love. And unfortunately, that's what you that's what our culture is saying. You're trying to find this magical connection and and you get married and maybe the magical connection falls apart and oh, sorry, that must not be meant to be. You'll find another one and then the feelings kind of go, that, that must not be the right. You're, you're looking for something that doesn't exist. And this is the reason, too, a lot of young people are afraid of marriage. Why? How do you make it work? Well, we got to find the right one. How do I know what's the right one? How do I know I really love them? What really is love? Well, you know, if you get your life in order and this and that, that that helps you, you know, weather these storms. It's not love. Definition of love. Here's a good one. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. A lot of us are out right there. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, this is a scripture that is read at a lot of our weddings. What I think a lot of people think is they think, yeah, that's a byproduct of this love feeling. If I feel this way, this is how I'll act. So if I don't feel like I want to act this way, then it must not be true love. Because love is not forced. There is a magic slash mutual hyphen. (laughs) I tell you what, I was fortunate enough when I was young and growing up to have parents who taught me a true definition of love and parents who modeled a great marriage. Does that mean they never fought? No. No. My dad's a loud guy, you know. They'd always, you know, they'll get in their little arguments or something. But they knew what true love was. True love never, it never fails. What happens when you get upset and you fight? You got to fight, you got to forgive them. Why? Because that's what true love is. Well, I don't want to. They were a jerk. doesn't matter. True love says you need to. What happens when things are, are tough and, and you know, you're put under pressure? I mean, how, how are you going to weather that if, if you don't have enough money or this or that? Because love never fails. It always perseveres. That's the definition of true love. I was fortunate enough to know. And that's why when I was a young guy, 18, 19 years old, I was excited to get married. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to find someone to live this kind of love out with. You know, I didn't have much going on for me other than that. (laughs) I didn't. 
And I got married old for my family, man. I was 21 years old. I think they were starting to get concerned for me. Everyone in my family got married like 18, 19 years old. He says, you're 21? Holy cow. You okay? You sure you want to get married? <laughs> but when I found a girl and I fell in love with her and I chose to love her, I knew that that is what's going to make a good relationship. And clearly the Holy Spirit must have been speaking to you, Lathan, because I didn't have much going on for me other than that. So when I asked for your daughter's hand in marriage, <laughs> it obviously must have been the Holy Spirit. Um, but, you know, we did date for a while. I mean, it was one, two, three months? Months? Yeah, three months. And know, real short. I'm not saying to date for a short time. That was me. But I can honestly tell you, standing here to date, not blowing smoke in your face at all, I love that girl more today than 12 years ago. Are the feelings always there? <laughs> and we're just getting going. But are the, is, are the, the, the feelings always there? No, there's times I'm sure she'd rather not see me. <laughs> and I need to say sorry for whatever stupid thing I did. Or she rubs you the wrong way or something and you know, you want to be a man and stand there and say, well, you should treat me such and such way. And man, you start learning that you can hold on to that bitterness and be miserable for the rest of your life or you can let it go and forgive and not to hold on to that thing. And man, when you do that, you start doing the right things, those feelings, those feelings of magic slash mutual, <laughs> those feelings are a byproduct out of true love. But I don't base the way I live and the way I act off of those things and the way I treat her off of those things. And I tell you what, man, you, especially you young guys, you start getting this into your mind, you really understand this, you'll want to get married young. Why, why wait? But this is just one area, this is one thing in here where you need to kind of stop and you need to say, no, I need to remember who I am. I know the culture wants me to think this way, but I need to remember who I am. You know, we shouldn't hope that our view of love and marriage is The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, which my wife loves the show, by the way. I know, it's awful. I just, I can't watch it. Like, it's, it's, it hurts my brain to watch that show. I think they're so clueless. Which I guess is kind of the appeal of watching it, right? It, it pains me. But that's not true love. You know, if we got to stop, we got to remember, who am I? Who am I? Remember who we are. This is what Paul's saying to these guys. This is how you were. You need to put off that old self. You need to put on the new self. You need to remember who you are. And that's my encouragement for you guys is, you know, we head into the summer months and you guys will take vacations and, you know, be gone with your family and building those bonds, which is awesome. I just want to make sure that just because you might not be in church every single Sunday because you're busier, this don't forget who you are. Remember who you are. When you step outside of that door heading to work, remember who you are. Or maybe when you're coming home from work, <laughs> heading back into the home, remember who you are. So my encouragement for you guys is I want you to keep reading your Bibles, keep praying, keep looking for opportunities to share God's love in your world. 
And every day, take some time to shut out the distractions of everyday life and to focus on Jesus. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep yourself on guard because evil is going to try and creep in. Pray for each other and remember to ask for help if you need it because Christianity was never meant to be lived out alone. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads. Lord, thank you for uh, this opportunity to just be here with this family. God, uh, here in this building and joining us uh, through the internet. And God, I pray that as people now jump into this summer season, Lord, I pray just safety on everyone. And I pray you just let everyone have a wonderful time, uh, relaxing, spending time with their family, grow those family bonds stronger, God. And But as we head out of these doors today, God, help us not to forget who we are in you. Help us not forget to keep putting on that new self and keep saying no to the old self. And help us to be on guard because we know that evil is going to try and creep in. So Lord, I pray your grace and your blessings on every single person here. I pray this in your name. Amen.